You're listening to Let's Talk Trio on podcast. Thank you all very much for listening. Thank you for your continued support for Let's Talk Trio. Uh, No underwriter this week. We are still looking for any underwriters who would like to sponsor the program. Galette is a former Trio alum and is currently a staff member for the Trio Academic Advancement Center. I'm very excited to bring this program to you. This is our fifth episode and our fifth podcast episode for Let's Talk Trio. It is a very important episode. Uh, this marks kind of a, uh, a milestone for us. Uh, this is five episodes in. We've had five great, uh, we've had four great guests and an introductory podcast to Let's Talk Trio. Uh, and the mission still remains the same. Would like to get more stories and hear from staff students, uh, alum, anybody that wants to come on to Let's Talk Trio to give them the opportunity to talk about uh, the programs and their experiences with Trio. Uh, this is not just my podcast. This is not its not something that belongs to me. It, it belongs to people who, who know about Trio, and it is also for the wider audience who don't know about the Trio programs and would like to know more. I am very honored to have already had five episodes of Let's Talk Trio, and it's uh, publishing every week has become something that uh, I'm starting to scramble and starting to get a little bit more familiar with scheduling. Uh, it's something that I'm still trying to master. I know that uh, with uh, with professional jobs and with our own personal time, uh, carving out time for Let's Talk Trio, uh, it's... Uh, it has been a challenge, but it's a welcome challenge. It's allowed me to see how I can schedule and block off my own time to really bring you a good interview and a quality show. Uh, this continues to be a passion project for me. Uh, the goal is still the same and the mission is still the same, to record stories from TRIO participants, TRIO alum, and TRIO staff. It's something that I've always wanted to do when I started my radio show back with uh, Eastern New Mexico University. And now being here in Fort Collins, Colorado, it's something that I still want to continue to do and still bring those stories and give them exposure to a wider audience. My hope is that a national organization or a a local trio program would decide to maybe at some point uh, want to sponsor uh, Let's Talk Trio as an underwriter. Uh, Right now, there is no need for financial support. Let's Talk Trio has been a little bit self-sufficient. All the funds do come from me as far as uh, being able to have a podcasting host. And uh, Podbean has been super efficient and very, very good for having uh, the radio, this uh, podcast episodes, uh, all sponsored through them. Uh, It's not very expensive to get on podcasts. So if you're thinking about starting your own podcast, go through Podbean. I highly recommend them. Underwriters are still needed for Let's Talk Trio. It's still something that we are looking for because I believe that with underwriters, we're able to get uh, more recognition for the programs that are out there and for the national organizations that are out there. So if you're interested in being an underwriter for any future programming of Let's Talk Trio, get in touch with me via Facebook and we can get those details to you as soon as possible. I am very honored to have today's guest, Galette Bolaños from the Colorado State University Trio Academic Advancement Center, a student support services program. Please sit back and enjoy this podcast. 
Well, Galette, I wanted to say thank you so much for being on this podcast. Can you give the audience some basic information of who you are and where you're from? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Thanks, Juan. Um, yeah, so again, my name is uh, Galette Bolaños, and uh, I am currently working over at the um, Academic Advancement Center. It is a TRIO Student Support Services office. So a little about me, I, I am a, a first-generation college um, alumni. Um, I do come from a limited family income, um, coming to college. I'm, see, the thing is, uh, I am a first-generation college student. However, I'm not the first in my family to go to college. I have four older brothers and sisters who went to college before me, but I'm still first-gen because neither one of my parents went uh, to college. Actually, neither parent went to high school. So I was raised by my by my single mom, um, who raised five of us. Um, so I I just owe so much to her. She's she's an amazing woman for sure. Um, yeah. So so growing up, you know, in the the Latino um, Spanish speaking household, things were rough. Things were pretty um, hard. A lot of it was about work and making money. Education was something that my mom definitely. Um, made sure that we stayed on top of uh, family, education, work, uh, working, doing good uh, were, were our priorities. And so um, I was there, definitely fortunate for that. So yeah, did my undergrad here at CSU. Right um, and that brings me back to, um, well, I did my, uh, I completed my, my time here at CSU and then I uh, went over and did my master's program over at the University of Kansas. For two years, that's where I worked at a multicultural office, got some great experience there. Uh, but because I fell in love with Fort Collins and with CSU, the people here, and um, the the values of CSU, I wanted to come back here and work here as as a professional. And so, luckily, I was able to come back and and uh, join the AC. And, right. and so that's why that brings me to here today. Awesome. Well, Galette, we're again very grateful to have you and on this podcast but specifically because as you know I was talking to you a little bit about what the show is about and it, the aim is to record trio stories it, whether it's from faculty or staff or even from uh, current students um, or former students uh, how are you connected to trio uh, have you heard about trio before before you started working at AAC or was was trio something that you were already familiar with or already participating in yeah so uh, trio is something I did hear about before my current position um, the the unique thing um, is that I was a part of the academic advancement center. I was a part of Trio during my undergrad when I was here at CSU, and that is the first time I heard about Trio. Um, I, I I never heard of Trio. I never heard of you know what does it mean to be first gen. You know, like it it was it, it was. I, I didn't know it existed. Um, so when I came into CSU as my undergraduate, you know, coming in, I, I went to orientation just like every other student. Um, coming in, coming, you know, graduating from Pueblo, Colorado, was uh, I, well, I was one of three students um, from my graduating class to come here to CSU. Um, but again, I was I was the only person of color. I was the only uh, first gen, and and so it was very unique. But during my orientation, I heard of Trio. Uh, I saw a presentation about what uh, what Trio is and, and how they can support me as a first gen college student. What it what it means to be a first gen college student. Uh, that's where I got an idea, and that's where I joined the program. 
um, amazing program for sure. I got a lot of help and support in uh, figuring out my classes, got some scholarships, some guidance in choosing my major. Um, I was able to go to graduate school because of Trio. Um, and um, I was I was just so very thankful um, and, and I think that there's a very true and unique passion for um, what trio why trio exists and, and what they do for their for their students because coming in um, I had some very unique circumstances um, this is uh, this was during a time again coming into my going to college for the first time. This was during a time where I was recovering from a um, pretty severe um, brain tumor that I had in high school. Um, and so I was going through uh, through cancer treatment. Uh, a lot of radiation, a lot of chemotherapy that I went through. And so coming to college was um, a big step. Um, you know, with that, with that temporary disability that I had, again, first gen um, and, and very, very limited family income was was college was very exciting but at the same time I wasn't sure if I was going to finish right. so that's where trio came in and, and stepped up and, and I got involved and that's how I heard of it so um, yeah well fortunately right everything it sounds like everything turned out very well I'm glad you were making that recovery and you were able to join trio uh, and now uh, kind of talk to us a little bit about your undergraduate experience uh, all four years uh, as far as, or, or the years that you were involved at CSU, um, what are some of the specific services that you took advantage of with TRIO? Yeah, so with TRIO, um, I came in and, uh, so again, I, I, I went to the orientation session uh, on, on my first day, actually prior to my first classes beginning, and, and I joined, I joined the program, and little did I know what it would, how it would impact me. Okay. Um, so I came in and um, I had a I had a mentor who, who told me a little bit about you know what they do you know they support me not just for my first semester not just for my first year here they support me throughout my time here all the way until graduation and so that that was tremendous uh, that that meant a lot to me um, so some of the things I took advantage of were uh, definitely a lot of the uh, the seminars and the workshops that they provided year. Uh, just throughout the semester uh, regarding, you know, getting help and support um, in um, smaller things that, I, that I, again, I wasn't too sure of. Things like, you know, um, managing my time or test-taking strategies or um, getting involved, the importance of getting involved and that sort of stuff. So, so little workshops like that. Another thing that I did was um, at the time TRIO uh, – had uh, opportunities available to be a peer mentor um, for uh, incoming college students. So this, uh, I'm talking about a time when I was already three, four years into yeah. into the program. Right. So I, again, I was still involved with Trio. So I I became a peer mentor after uh, after I was encouraged to by my uh, retention specialist and uh, and so I was I was there just kind of helping out another student, mm -hmm. incoming student. Who, who who was actually very it was it was a very awesome experience. Oh, very good. I took advantage of uh, of that, which which helped me out a lot with my leadership skills and and building my resume and uh, just that communication that 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 mentor leadership t uh, type of um, experience. Um, and then a lot of scholarships that they had were amazing as well. Um, I was so thankful um, their career services that they provided. They had a 
uh, a retention specialist who focus specifically on career prep and and major and solidifying resumes and things like that, which which I definitely take advantage of. That was would help me a lot into transitioning into uh, my grad program as well. So, so I'm thankful for them and that. So, yeah, that's a little bit about the uh, um, resources that I took advantage of as okay. as an undergrad. Right on, Galit, and uh, I think I want to just revisit a little bit about the mentorship part because I I believe that trio programs whether it's Upward Bound, Student Support Services, Educational Talent Search, or even the Equal Opportunity Centers, uh, that they each have some sort of a way to do a mentorship program. Uh, how did it feel going from student to kind of almost semi-staff to actually kind of giving back and uh, being a mentor to students? Uh, how, uh, I know you talked a little bit about that experience, but talk to us a little bit more about um, kind of making that switch of, uh, I was this first generation student kind of finding my way now going back and giving back yeah for sure that's uh that's a great question yeah so this is where um you know at first i was encouraged to right like oh galet you should be a peer mentor um it's a great experience and and just like so many other college students i was like no i'm okay i'm good i don't want uh i'd rather not i don't have the time made made excuses to not take advantage of that uh of that great opportunity but i don't know what it was something you know, I, I, I think it was maybe just my great connection with my retention specialist um, or, or just with the program at the time. I, I kind of wanted to give back in a way and, and saying like, okay, well, this program has done so much for me, so how about I do something for them? Um, that's why I took advantage of that. Okay. And, and so that transition was definitely uh, interesting. It was, mm-hmm. it was great because even though I was still an undergraduate student, I did feel like in a way, I was kind of uh, working for them in right, a way, right. uh, which which I was uh, as a front desk receptionist. But I'm talking about the mentorship part, mm-hmm. um, and that was that was amazing. I'm I'm so glad I took advantage of that opportunity. Uh, I'm so glad that I just uh, you know forgot about or, or just kind of um, dismissed all the the concerns and the negative thoughts of I, I feel like oh what if this happens what if this happens what if I'm not oh, I'm no good at this you know whatever I just dismissed all that I was like okay I'm gonna take that chance and I'm gonna do it um, and that was that was amazing again I'm so glad I did I think that with that I was I was able to gain so much um, confidence confidence and and uh, just just leadership skills communicating with with somebody else um, just that professionalism uh, making sure that uh, I, I was, I, I kind of, I, I fulfilled my responsibilities, um, and so that that brought a whole new level and a meaning to making the most of my time here at college, right. because um, it was more of a for me prior to that it was more of a let's go to let me go to class let me do my reading let me do my assignments, um, and that's what I thought college was about just getting that degree from classes right? right but there's so much more to that and that's where you know that meant that peer mentorship position came in and so many other things also that I took advantage of but mm-hmm. but I, I'm glad I did because that helped me open my eyes about the importance of doing things outside of the classroom Absolutely. that helped me that helped develop my skills that helped um, build my resume that helped um, contribute to that program to the trio program um, and people saw what type of leader I was. People saw, um, you know, what 
what I was great at, what some maybe some things I could still develop in, uh, things like that. So uh, that's a little about about the the transition for that. All right, right on. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much for sharing that. Uh, what about? I know that this question is not listed on there, but hopefully maybe you'll allow me to yeah. kind of be uh, asking this kind of off the hip question. Mm-hmm. Um, what about uh, graduate school? What what was it about that spoke that to you that, that you really wanted to continue pursuing education uh, and continue learning? What was it about uh, you pursuing the graduate uh, school aspect of it? Yeah, um, so there are <clears throat> three reasons why I decided to go to graduate school. Um, one of those reasons were because, because of my identities and where I come from, knowing that there are a very small a number of first generation uh, Latino students that go on one that finish undergrad, <laughs> yeah. right? But right. two that even go to pass that even to get their master's degree. Mm-hmm. So that was a little motivation for me. That was one of the reasons I was like, hey, I'm pretty sure I can do this. Yeah. Um, so so yeah. I wanted to do that, prove it to myself, yeah. prove it to society, prove it to my family. Um, that that I'm, I'm able to do this. I'm dedicated, um, in spite of these identities, these things that um, that 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 I'm, my identities would be seen as like underserved. Um, again, that first gen, that limited income, that Latino status. Um, it's it's not common. It's not common, and so I wanted to make sure that I. Even it's just one person I, that I increase those numbers, right? That Absolutely. I that yeah. I made a difference in seeing um, other like another young Latino male go into finishing his undergraduate degree and going on to grad school, being successful in that way. So so that to again to prove it to others as well as to um, be that inspiration for up and coming younger Latinx students. Absolutely, and I, and I believe. Uh, again, we've only known each other for a short time, but I, I feel that you have already served as that inspirational role model for the Latino, yeah. Latinx community, yeah. and you continue to inspire uh, that that role of, don't just settle for the undergraduate, go further than that, go yeah. beyond that. Another, um, so so the second reason um, is because, uh, because of my experiences as an undergrad to a degree, right? So again, one was just because I... I I felt a need to, um, based on my identities too, was because I, I knew that it was a re- not a requirement, but very, very um, uh, important to get a master's degree um, be- based off of what I wanted to do. Okay. So I realized as an undergraduate that I really wanted to work at a giant campus. <laughs> because I was so involved as an undergraduate, I was right. like, wow, this is so amazing. This is... Uh, it's so cool to work on a college campus. There's so many great things going on. So many great people. Um, it's it's a very diverse place. It's uh, it's something always going on. Uh, I want to work here one day. All right. So I found out. Okay. What does it take to work on a giant college campus? And I saw some of the requirements, some of the things. Uh, talked to some people. Um, joined a few things, organizations that helped me um, become a little bit more familiar with that. Mm-hmm. And I got that support. So I was like. Yeah, um, based off of my undergraduate involvements, uh, I knew that I wanted to do that, and uh, and so that's what another reason why I pursued a master's degree. Okay, um, awesome. the The third reason um, is because 
Um, I definitely wanted to do this. Um, well, I guess I would just leave it at those two. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Um, we really, again, for me, I know I, I really appreciate when uh, students, former students, uh, share what their inspiration was. And for you, it seemed it was a multiple, multiple reasons. Uh, and it continues to kind of drive you to that, uh, even now that you're uh, working for the TRIO AAC, uh, a AAC program, sorry, yeah. and, and you uh, continue to inspire others. Um, as, you, as you reflect on that undergraduate experience and the graduate experience, and now move, you've moved on to uh, your professional position, um, what, what takeaways do you have from your experience that are you now injecting into your current position? Yeah. So at first, when I when I got when I first started my current position, I was thinking that it was going to be similar. Okay. Uh, because again, as an undergraduate, I was working for the AC as an as a student yeah, as right. a student worker, right, right? right? So when I first joined here as a professional, I was like, oh, I know how it is. I I get it. I worked here before. But little did I know, it's not the same thing. <laughs> very, very different working as a professional compared to working as a student there. Right. Um, it's very different. But that's not to say that there, there were a lot of transferable skills. There was a lot of advantages I had in working there as an undergraduate um, as opposed to working as, as, a, uh, as a professional. And so some of the things that helped me uh, that, that transferred over, some of the skills I learned and, and things I was involved in, that helped transfer over to help me better be prepared for this current position were, um, of course, you know, all the things that I did as an undergraduate and graduate student, um, my involvements, right? Partly with the AC, um, with, I was involved with Key, with El Centro, with Slice. I did a bunch of um, leadership um, um, organizations, retreats, and, you know, abroad, things abroad, things like that that helped me kind of gain a, a experience in, in learning about diversity and identity and social justice and and the importance of education and and things like that especially for our underrepresented students um so that that helped me understand a little bit more about that and, and gain that that knowledge uh, about their needs um their their intentions and you know how it is that they they're able to succeed um and and me too like that's that's me and so and so that's what helped me uh, understand a little bit that and that's why that's where those skills transferred over to my current position that's exactly what I'm doing now um, I'm, I'm inspiring students I'm, I'm mentoring students I'm advising students I'm working with them whether that's academic whether that is um, personal issues housing financial aid um, health um, whatever that is you know I, we have that holistic type of advising that we we help students and so uh, in, in knowing and kind of you know being involved in those sort of things both acad like academically and non-academically that helped me gain an understanding of, of that uh, especially as as a, a graduate student uh, as I mentioned earlier as a graduate student I um, was in a multicultural office as my assistantship that was amazing that that helped me uh, that opened my eyes so much about uh, things that I didn't know before <laughs> really you know specifically about identity and social justice and uh, and so that that really really encouraged me to be, get a better to focus more on on you know under underserved students even more so so 
again, those those skills transferred over that helped me be better prepared. Obviously, you know that can prepare me one hundred percent for for all the uh, for all the tasks and responsibilities that that I'd be taking on now. But uh, it definitely did help me, and they uh, they did help they did uh, um, help me be better be help me be better prepared for uh, for the position I'm currently in. And so as I'm, as I'm in this current position, um, I'm going on uh, about two and a half years that I've been here and you know, still learning. It's still a learning process. It's, I'm grateful for all the, the great advice and support I've gotten from my, um, from my staff, from my uh, campus partners and things like that, for sure. That's, that's amazing and and again from all the, the past experiences I've been through but but it's still a learning process I'm still um, excited to learn so much to develop to grow and and uh, to see what else they can bring absolutely yeah all right well thank you very much again for answering that question um, one thing that I, I know that a question that I really wanted to get to is um, now that you've worked professionally for trio and seeing kind of all the almost the scope of what TRIO has to go through to get funding and to ensure that there's a program there. Do you see any challenges or any future, uh, any future challenges that might, uh, uh, might be an obstacle for TRIO? Yeah, so um, I, I do. Um, and I'm really, it, it's, it's interesting seeing, uh, especially recently in the last year or two, um, seeing um, some of the things that might be a factor to make to ensuring that Trio is an ongoing um, program. Mm -hmm. um, this is, I, I think, that in general, education, education in general is unfortunately uh, a not so talked about topic right. uh, when it comes to politics. When it comes to you know uh, presidents running people running for president in the US and the government like education is not really a priority um, there's there's very little <laughs> funding and and uh, uh, support for education when it comes yeah for for them and so it's unfortunate and so specifically with trio there has been uh, there's been some talk and conversation I've seen in emails and just from our staff meetings and just from overall um, state meetings or, or conference meetings that TRIO was uh, there was a phase where TRIO was, was in a, like a scare of it ending mm -hmm. because of our current administration, our current um, president who's, who's uh, vouched to decrease a lot of funding right now for education mm -hmm. uh, one of those would have been tri the trio program so uh, that's that's unfortunate um, but but that is something that we have been dealing with in, in you know in recently um, and so I think that regardless of those things regardless of those um, talks um, we we're still going to be here we we're going to continue to support our students um, to to provide them guidance and assistance and and seeing what what else they can do um, because in my opinion there's nothing that's going to prevent us from doing the work we love right so we're always gonna at least me anyway i'm always gonna help 
underserved students. I'm going to help students of color. I'm going to help um, students with limited family incomes, students with disabilities, students uh, with, you know, just uh, with, you know, um, identities um, on the subordinate and that, you know, just help them, motivate them, uh, be their role model, inspire them to um, to graduate, to get involved, to succeed, to do this, to to uh, succeed in, in the way they wish. Um, regardless of the funding for TRIO, regardless of um, where I end up, I know that's something that I'm always going to do. So that was the uh, that was the scare. You know, obviously, it's it's important that we continue this. Uh, you know, that yeah. we continue that we get funding. Um, I know that with our um, with our uh, recently, we had our trio director um, uh, retire. Right, and so uh, she, uh, you know, in a lot of conversations with her, we did have uh, um, conversations about um, you know how how is it that we get funded? There's a grant that she does uh, every five years. We get grant. Uh, we get a. Uh, she sent. She does another grant, uh, or she does a, a, a proposal okay. uh, for a grant, mm -hmm. and so um, that's that's always you know. And iffy, like, okay, are we going to get granted? Luckily, you know, we've been on campus. We're coming up on our 40, 40th um, anniversary right, for being, right. uh, for being, yeah. for the TRIO program being here on campus. So luckily, it's very steady. It's it's great program. I know that we have a lot of great coworkers, or uh, sorry, um, staff in the TRIO program and, uh, and a great director who who's always written amazing, um, even in the past, who's always uh, written great um uh, grants um, or proposal grant proposals about that so so there's no worry on that it's just making sure that um, you know that federally or federally. you know outside that they're able to comply and they understand the importance of um, you know why we're doing this and and the impact we're making on on so many students that apply for our program absolutely agreed I think that uh, trio still serves a, a greater purpose to address that uh, education gap between first-generation low-income students and, and college uh, attainability. Mm -hmm. um, looking ahead uh, for yourself professionally and, um, and for TRIO programs, uh, where where would you like to see TRIO programs go? Do you feel like they're we're currently in the or that TRIO programs are currently in the in a right direction going forward, or do you feel like something needs to change within TRIO programs? to make them more palatable for federal representatives or for people that work in the, in the government? Um, yeah, so I think that, I mean, TRIO is, um, in my opinion, uh, based off of what I know, it's in a great place right now. Uh, there's, there's a lot of amazing things that TRIO is doing right now for its students, um, and I'm still thankful of, of that. Um, it's doing great things for its students as well as the, the people who are working for it. Um, amazing opportunities. So, so I guess beginning with the professional, like uh, working for Trio, um, I, I'm I'm so blessed and and uh, thankful to have Trio be so supportive with me um, in in participating in a lot of professional development type opportunities. Uh, because of Trio, I've been allowed to attend a lot of state and regional conferences um, throughout my time here that allows me to develop, to grow, uh, to meet other TRIO staff, 
uh, around the state of Colorado and in the region, Wyoming, uh, Utah, that um, we have the, the Midwest region, um, and, and great networking, great um, presentation workshops that I've attended that, that helped me, uh, you know, again, develop my understanding and, and knowledge of, of different things, different tactics, um, the way I advise and things like that. Um, from a student end, TRIO is um, providing amazing, amazing things. Uh, so there's there's certain things that uh, the the grant um, that that they're able to support students in. Um, so one of them is through scholarships. Uh, that is always a cool a cool thing that's that's available for students. Um, we have summer scholarships. So these are available for students who are taking uh, summer classes. Um, and again, we look at like our students uh, in in major need um, uh, financially uh, of taking uh, of you know are they still in debt? Uh, we look at that and we and we say like okay, well we know that the student has you know five thousand dollars in loans or ten thousand dollars in loans, and we we're able to award um, students based off of that need uh, so that they can um, take some summer classes. Uh, with with uh, knowing that they're they have that that financial support from Trio, uh, we also do have uh, just a general scholarship that that we can give to students as well. Um, um, just just based off of their participation in our program, based off of are they coming to their meetings? Are they taking advantage of our resources? Um, are they going to their um, community learning forums or cliffs? Are they um, do we see them in the office a lot? Going to their meetings, all that sort of stuff. So, so it's great. Um, there is graduate school opportunities as well. Um, we know that um, there is Trio provides um, the opportunity for its students to um, uh, get some graduate school prep as well. Um, so, just for example, um, this I, I actually I'm planning with another coworker. I'm planning a, uh, a graduate school visit day. Um, in at the University of Las Vegas, Nevada. Oh, right on. Um, actually, coming next month, uh, it's it's uh, it's it's a great opportunity for our students to go um, on this on to this conference um, for free. Um, the the plane the plane ticket is covered. The uh, the cost of the conference, which is which is quite a bit, yeah. um, as meals, hotel stay, all that stuff is covered wow. because of Trio for our students and we're inviting you know students who are very intentional very um uh, optimistic about about their graduate school uh plans and so we're we're planning that we're inviting that so so again very good. yeah it's really cool it's yeah. a really cool opportunity again that's because of trio trio is 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 uh is great for that and and so again there's a scholarship so there's grad school opportunities um there is uh you know of course um a lot of a lot of things within the department that are provided, um, you know, funding from Trio that allows students to, to um, successfully um, graduate. So things like you know providing computers for the computer lab or yeah. or whatever GRE materials for that or um, uh, whatever that might be. Smaller smaller things, little, little things that we might not think makes too big of a difference, but we know in the end uh, are very helpful and very useful um, that students that help students again uh, develop and and succeed in their time here so yeah awesome thank you Elliot. Mm -hmm. uh, another part of trio that I, I, I feel that continues to evolve is that stu student development aspect 
Um, where, what do you feel is still the greatest challenges for TRIO students as they're entering Colorado State or even as they're entering any other college? What do you feel is one of their greatest challenges for students in, uh, with a TRIO background? So, so students who are first gen or with limited family income or have physical learning disability? Yeah, so I think that there is, for, for students who, who are in TRIO or who, who have that background, there's this, there's this sense of like this, this imposter syndrome mm. for them, I feel like. I've heard about that um, Yeah, so yeah. this is more of a, this is more of a like students who feel like maybe they don't belong here. Maybe be, whatever that is, because of their skin color, because their parents don't make enough money, because um, they, uh, whatever reason, right? Um, they they feel like they don't belong here on this giant, predominantly white campus. It's it, it can seem like it's very frustrating for them, especially with them and their identities. Um, a lot of these students are of color. A lot of these students, you know, come from uh, a place where you know family is more important to them, um, and so they feel like shoot, while I'm here in college, um, the rest of my family is struggling, they're, you know, I, I feel bad because they, there's, they're, you know, they're not, they're, they're working so hard and, and, you know, they're, they're by themselves while I'm here on this giant campus and enjoying my time here. Um, and so, so they question themselves, right? Like, it, do I belong here? Is this the right thing for me? Um, and, and so I feel like that's what students face. Uh, a lot of them. I'm not saying all of them. I think a lot of them face that. Um, also, there's this. There's. There's a lot that they can bring to the table as again as a first gen college student. There's, you know, the sense of uh, resiliency and um, um, kind of kind of using these identities, using these these um, disadvantages as. As a, as a positive, right? As a as a reinforcement of like, okay, despite this, I'm gonna succeed, right? And so, so I feel like um, they can bring a lot to the table, a lot. They can bring diversity and new new experiences, new um, uh, a new perspective to the college campus, to the classroom, to um, to the major, whatever that might be, um, and so. So that's, you know, there's, even though there's, they can come in with, with a lot of disadvantages and struggles, I think that uh, even more importantly, they can come, come in with uh, a lot of things to be grateful for, a lot of things um, to, to use to help them succeed, to, to help them um, knowing that, you know, some of them are coming from the very bottom and them being here already proves uh, a major step uh, in the right direction. And so if anything, that's, that's even better uh, motivation. Awesome. awesome. Uh, Galette, we're kind of coming up on, uh, oh, we're already at 35 minutes. I know that it didn't seem so long, right? We were just kind of like, talking and yeah. it kind of rolls by really fast. Um, was there any questions on there that I didn't get to and that you would like me to ask? Questions? Yeah. Questions um, or even something that you'd like to share that you've not been able to share yet that you really want to, yeah. be able to share on the podcast. Um, well, I I mean, I uh, I feel like I answered most of them or maybe I explained oh. this already. But yeah, yeah, so TRIO is definitely was definitely a huge part of my life. I'm, I'm so thankful that 
Um, it was, it, it, it's out there. I'm, I'm so thankful that it provided me with a lot of guidance and support um, financially and, and just personally. Um, and and it, it gave me a sense of security. And I'm so thankful that um, it, it allowed me to, to grow and develop. Um, it, I'm, I'm a product of TRIO. I, I am. I, I am. I meet all of its requirements, and at the beginning, it was all three that they're, they're of their eligibility requirements, and mm-hmm. and so because of that, I took advantage. So I feel like I'm a good uh, um, example of why trio works, um, and seeing the disadvantages I had come with, um, and seeing how trio worked with me, and seeing where I'm at now. I'm going to go one step further yeah. and call you not just an example, but a good representation of what TRIO can do. A representation so, of what TRIO can do, yes. yeah. So I'm just going to take it one step further. There you because, go, yeah. Uh, I believe uh, TRIO, TRIO alum, right, they really uh, are very grateful and they're very humble with, when it comes to talking about TRIO, and mm-hmm. I really appreciate you sharing your, your side of the story and uh, what you had to share about TRIO and all of that. Um, do you have any, uh, any closing thoughts about what you want to say to the audience about support for TRIO and what they can do to continue pushing that forward? What, what, do, what do they need to do to, to support TRIO? Um, other, other programs or other people? Other people, other programs. Yeah. It's an open-ended question. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, first I want, I, I think it'd be great for people to know um, exactly why TRIO exists. Um, as well as, uh, you know, like what we're doing, why we exist on campus, and even students. It's good for students to know a lot of, there's a lot of people, uh, students here on campus or, or whatever, even off campus that have never heard of TRIO or that don't know that they would qualify, they would they would benefit so much from um, had they joined our program or had they heard of our program. Same thing goes with um, our campus partners. There's a lot of staff or faculty here on campus that, Maybe they heard of TRIO once or twice, but they're, they don't know, like it's not too familiar to them. And so maybe just that exposure. I'd, I'd really like for uh, people to know, get a better idea of what, what we do, why we exist on campus, our purpose on campus, why we exist and, and the difference we're making. Um, I think would be really good, getting that exposure. Um, and then two, um, encouraging students to join tri- uh, TRIO, to take advantage of TRIO. Um, if, if you're working with a student, if you have friends that, uh, that, that qualify, uh, if you have one of your classmates or, or whatever that might be, um, getting students uh, to understand what TRIO is and, and uh, having them apply to the program would be very great, uh, would be re- very great for them. Okay, yeah. awesome. Well, Galat, that kind of wraps up our, our end of our interview sessions. Uh, anything else that you'd like to add or... Uh, include into this uh, last part of the podcast no that should do it i think awesome. uh, i think i'm all good i, I just want to say thanks yeah thanks for uh for having me and and uh, definitely trio is is wonderful um it, it is it is a, a great uh it's a great program and, and i know that that trio works and um i'm so thankful for it so so thank you one absolutely thank yeah, you very much for that And now for my closing thoughts. As we heard with this last story, TRIO programs truly do make a difference. It is important that we continue protecting them by advocating on their behalf. New bills are being introduced by Congress. We should make sure that we read all bills and ensure that 
trio programs are protected within those bills. One thing that I do love about this podcast, and there's a lot of things I love about this podcast, but mainly the main thing is that uh, this is a great way to kind of do a radio slash podcast online uh, version of what I would like to see broadcasting uh, all over the United States. Uh, Right now, I do have a wider audience with podcasting, uh, but in order to get that audience number up, I still need to promote the program and uh, make sure that people are listening. Um, It has been a tremendous success. Uh, I would have never imagined having 40 consistent listeners to Let's Talk Trio. Um, And that consistency uh, just lets me know that that the program we're putting out there is doing a pretty good job and that people want to hear these stories. So, more than anything, I really want to continue recording and continue bringing these shows to you. I'd like to take this moment to thank the contributors to Let's Talk Trio. Those partners include Roderick Chambers, honorary co-host and advisor for Let's Talk Trio, Scott Kendall, tech advisor and overall advisor for Let's Talk Trio, and bensound.com for the royalty-free music you hear today. From the recording studio in Fort Collins, Colorado, this is Juan Rivas signing off for another episode of Let's Talk Trio. Thank you very much for listening.